We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, we're talking about the aftermath of what happened with the Bulls during the 2023 NBA draft. The Bulls began the pick, began the night with no picks. Uh, they had traded their number 11 overall pick to the Orlando Magic to complete the Nikola Vucevic trade. They had forfeited their second round pick as part of the tampering investigation into the trade for Lonzo Ball. But the Bulls did end up making a selection in this draft. They traded up to number 35 overall, sending what Shams Sharania called a couple future second round picks to the Washington Wizards to get into position at number 35 to draft Julian Phillips, a freshman wing from Tennessee, former five-star recruit, long, lanky, small forward, six, eight, seven foot wingspan. He was someone who originally was going to transfer and return to college basketball for his sophomore year, but he got an invite to the combine. He tested really well athletically, most notably with a 43-inch vertical jump among the best in the class. Ended up keeping his name in the draft. The Bulls take him at number 35 overall. Uh, we could talk a little bit more about the pick, but that wasn't the only bit of news from the Bulls. We also got some a very rare public appearance from Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley speaking after the draft. A uh, few things that came out of that press conference. One, they do not expect Lonzo Ball to play next season. No surprise, but I guess it's something to hear it uh, to hear it mentioned by AK and Eversley. And uh, another piece that came out of that press conference is that Arturis sort of seemed to suggest that he has the green light to go into the luxury tax if it can get the team into the top half of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. That's totally something to watch as well. Uh, and finally, 
He said that the Vucevic trade was a success looking back on it, despite the fact that his team gave up two lottery picks and has won one playoff game, has missed the playoff twice, missed playoffs twice since acquiring Vooch. So uh, quite a bit to talk about today, Jace. I uh, I had some thoughts on Julian Phillips, but I'll go to you you first. Uh, how are you feeling as a Bulls fan after the draft? Yeah, I'm not Mr. Draft here, so... Uh... Don't have like super strong thoughts on this guy, which we, uh, like I said, we'll turn it back to you to get a little more in depth uh, on Julian Phillips here. But I mean, first of all, just like go as this draft is going along, I think just uh, and I think I tweeted this. I was like, I just need the Bulls to get into this draft, trade into this draft, please. Like, give me some type of young, uh, young prospect here. Uh, and they did it, which is good. And everyone's like, oh, yes, they, the Bulls traded in the draft. They may actually made a trade, their first trade since I believe the 2021 offseason. So, like, oh, that was so exciting. They draft Julian Phillips at number 35. And then I feel like like you in the chat, we have like you, our guy, Brian, uh, and some of the other people, other guys so like not did not seem too thrilled about the pick. Obviously, that's kind of heat of the moment. Whatever. I said, you'll talk about it more. And I said, I know nothing, very little about this guy. I don't watch that much college basketball, but just the quick look at his page. Uh, and I see whatever freshman. Obviously, the numbers aren't great. I look at the three-point shooting. It was like 23% on like one attempt per game. Very low volume and very bad. Uh, I think I saw Sam Vecini, some like analysis from Sam Vecini. Uh, I believe it was, I saw something about like the Spider-Man pointing meme with Dale and Terry. And I was like, oh, okay. So AK went back to their type. They're toolsy, super athletic, raw wing who can't shoot for shit, but can bring energy and defense, which has kind of been, again, their type. In the draft, that Patrick Williams came into the league kind of as that toolsy big forward. Uh, he's obviously turned into himself into a pretty solid shooter, at least in terms of percentage wise. Volume's still not there, but that we we know what happened to Dale and Terry. I mean, even like Io, that was a second round pick. Io can't really shoot either. Energy guy um, was obviously a big time scorer in Illinois, but then, then we got Dalen, and now we got this guy uh, was a part of an elite Tennessee defense. Uh, seems like he AK said that they expect him he could be a contributor day one on the defensive end but again the offense seems like a big question mark speaking of AK like he was asked again taking another guy who just really can't shoot uh, or at least allegedly can't shoot he said he was going to address that in free agency we'll see and we'll talk about that luxury luxury tech stuff a bit more later Uh, but like yeah like the first reaction was all right they traded in the draft then the next one was oh they just drafted another guy that can't shoot um, I like after looking a bit more and talking to you guys in our chat, like it seems like, and looking at his stats, like he is a pretty good free throw shooter. He shot over 80% on pretty good volume at the line. Uh, apparently he used to be a better shooter in high school, but then he came to Tennessee and apparently had a shot revamped a bit. And then he just sucked against Sam Vecini had some analysis. I was like, he just missed a lot of wide open shots very badly, which like, again, this isn't a great sign, but if they mess with the shot, maybe the bulls can work it back. Apparently the bulls did hire a shooting coach. Finally, Ricky, we've been calling for that forever. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I had an OKC tweeted out and they announced the hiring last night. Do you have this off the top of your head? I'm looking at it. It is. Where are we? Uh, whatever. Whatever the guy's name is. They hired a shooting coach. Um, and which is, we again, we've been calling for it forever because they have all these toolsy wings. You can't shoot for crap. So you might as well actually bring in someone who can help develop them, develop them shoot. So again, this guy's young. I know very little about him. I can't come out here and say like, this is a terrible pick. It does seem like a strange pick given just like, oh, Peter Patton, I think is the guy looking at Casey's um, 
the coach is the guy that they hired. But yeah, it seems just like on the surface, just surface level, strange pick given where the Bulls are trying to stay competitive. There it seems like it could be similar to Dale and Terry, another guy who cannot shoot. Um, I know maybe they're worried about where if they lose Derek Jones Jr. as their athletic wing guy, and this guy comes in to kind of replace that if they lose him. Although AK did mention resigning Derek Jones Jr. still on the table, so again, it seems like a weird fit just given the roster issues and and all that. But again, don't want to say this guy stinks at all. Like I said, I don't know enough about him. I'm not going to say it's like a bad pick and who knows, like maybe in a couple of years if the bulls go in a totally different direction, like he ends up sliding in and becoming really good. Uh, I also mentioned in our chat, like this is another, maybe this turns into a situation where with the draft before free agency, like you make all these hot takes about the draft, but if the bulls actually do address shooting in free agency. Then maybe this pick makes a bit more sense. A lot of people think the free agency should be before the draft. Like it happens in the NFL uh, just because whatever the team addresses their, actual like whatever win now concerns and free agency and then you go to the draft and you just kind of fill out and pick someone from there but um yeah so like whatever this like i said i have no strong feelings on this pick uh it seems kind of weird given where they're at and just got given the just again the similar archetype player that this front office keeps drafting with the lack of shooting and the lack of shooting on the roster in general but Ricky, you are Mr. Draft expert here, so I would like to get your take on Julian Phillips and what you think of this draft pick. Do you like it? What would you give? What did, did you give it a grade? Because I believe you did grades, or maybe someone else did grades for your husband nation. But grade for this pick. Let me hear more about Julian Phillips and how he fits on this Bulls team. Yeah, I just graded every first round pick for SBNation.com. Yeah. Okay, touch the second round, so no grade on this pick. But uh, when they made it, I hated it. I was very <laughs> upset. When they made it. And it's really nothing against Julian Phillips. Right. I will say that, like, I saw Julian Phillips live at the McDonald's All-American game. I watched him a little bit at Tennessee, and he just looked like someone who is so far away from being able to contribute at the NBA level in both of those settings. But what really upset me is that Arturis just never seems to learn from any of his mistakes. He seems to be totally inflexible in terms of his team building strategy. It's like he came into this with a plan, and that plan is every year we're going to draft a long, toolsy wing who's athletic and who doesn't really have any bankable NBA skills. That's what I would say Julian Phillips is. Uh, Offensively, there's really not too much to work with other than the hope that he can one day become a good spot-up shooter. Of course, that was not the case right now. He was both a hesitant and an inaccurate shooter during his one year at Tennessee, But like you mentioned, 82% from the free throw line is a little bit encouraging. Uh, And as others have noted, he did have a more projectable looking jump shot at the high school level when he rose into being a five-star recruit. You know, he was the number 13 overall recruit in the country. So to get a guy like that in the second round just shows like he does have some real talent. I think you look at him and he just looks like an NBA player. You know, 6'7", 6'8", long arms, super athletic. Just looks like he was meant to play in the NBA. This is obviously the type of guy our tourist loves, but they had no success with Dale and Terry last year. He only played 214 minutes. I believe only Peyton Watson, a rookie for the Nuggets, played fewer minutes last year of any first round pick. And I cannot see a path to Julian Phillips getting a more consistent role on the team next year than the one Dalen had last year. And that's why it's frustrating because there were guys available in the second round, especially at number 35, which is almost a late first round pick who 
could have helped what you needed and what the Bulls have needed is shooting. Two years ago in 2021-2022, the Bulls finished 29th in three-point makes and 30th in three-point attempts. Last season, the Bulls were 30th in three-point makes and 30th in three-point attempts. Jason, there's only 30 teams in the NBA. They were essentially dead last in all those categories for two straight years. And Arturis has just seemed to learn nothing from this. He's taken a very similar prospect every year. That prospect has never panned out, but he continues to choose the exact same type of guy. So uh, it just makes me wonder, like, you know, is he actually able to kind of like think on the fly and adjust his team building philosophies his scouting philosophies? Because it's something we've seen throughout the team. Like the Bulls looked pretty good when they had Lonzo being that ultimate role player who could fill in the cracks for the starting unit. But when Lonzo went down, the Bulls just have done nothing. The last three transactional periods have been full of inactivity. Like you said, this is their first trade since 2021. So it's really nothing against Julian Phillips in a vacuum. I think if another team would have taken him, I could say, wow, you know, youth, length, energy, defense. And if you want to talk yourself into him, our guy Kevin Farragan said that he graded out as the best defensive player player in college basketball basically your best defensive draft eligible prospect uh in a s- analytical model he was using that's similar to epm in the nba so you know defensively maybe he's ready to go pretty quickly but offensively i just see no pathway to him being able to contribute like even dalen at least had more passing upside than julian phillips i think Hopefully Julian Phillips can get his jump shot back because I think, you know, if there is a pathway to him being a useful offensive player, it's going to come in the form of the spot up jumper. Uh, A lot of people have noted that he's pretty similar to Derek Jones Jr., who uh, seems like he won't be back because he's not picking up his player option. So maybe he could be a replacement for that type of guy. But also remember, most second rounders only get two year contracts. I think it would have made more sense to take a guy who could contribute because the Bulls have a very obvious weakness on the team in shooting. They did pass on some good shooters to take the type of guy they always take, which is a super raw, super young, toolsy wing who can't shoot. And by the way, he's not a good passer either. He had about 46 assists to 41 turnovers last year. So there's just like multiple areas that this guy isn't helping. You would think Karnaschovas given what we heard about him when he was hired would uh, put a premium on guys with like dribble pass, more offensive skill. That's that's clearly not the case. I mean, he's just going to draft an athlete every year and think he can make him a basketball player to this point. He is whiffed on every pick and him taking the same type of guy. Once again, despite the obvious needs of the roster, I think is super concerning a lot of people were getting mad at me on Twitter when I was panning this pick and saying, well, he's a second round pick. Every second round pick bus is just a flyer. And I do understand that. I think that, you know, in a vacuum, you should draft the best overall player, not draft for need. But the Bulls do definitely have rotation minutes available on the team. And the 35th pick in the draft is a pretty valuable chip. And I think they drafted someone who's not going to be able to contribute. Now, I hope I'm wrong about that. He, you know, definitely is really athletic and he's long and uh, his defensive analytic numbers are fantastic. Played on the number one defense in college basketball. But 
can you dribble? Can you pass? Can you shoot? I would say no to all three of those. And that is extremely concerning for a Bulls team that already had a top five defense, but had a really poor offense. Uh, So that's just sort of where I'm at with it. I do like it a little bit more today than I did yesterday. And I will say, like, historically, I usually like every Bulls draft pick. And the one I remember I didn't like was Io, and Io actually ended up uh, exceeding expectations. So Julian Phillips may end up being very good. I just wonder, like, AK, he just seems so dense. Like, I'm not sure that he is a very smart guy. I'm not sure he's a really hard worker. The Bulls only worked out nine players. I'm not sure if they worked out Julian Phillips. And people were hitting me up being like, yo, they didn't have a pick. Why would they work guys out? Well, you know, these guys eventually become free agents. You can sign a lot of them as undrafted free agents. Look what the Sixers did, signing three really great undrafted free agents. Uh, The Bulls also landed Adama Sinogo, who was, of course, the starting center on UConn's national championship team. Kind of an undersized center who can rebound, score inside, and he's developed some shooting ability lately. Uh, Not a good athlete, not someone who's going to pass the ball at all. But, you know, he did make pretty stark shooting improvement over the last year. So Sonogo, I thought he was a draftable player. Pretty good UDFA signing for the Bulls. I think Tad undersized for center at about 6'8.5", 6'9". But as an undrafted guy, I thought that was interesting. Uh, But for Phillips, it it just frustrates me because it's like AK never learns his lesson. The team's obvious biggest red flag is the lack of shooting around their stars. And he just refuses to address that problem. So the one way I'll talk myself into this, Jason, and then I'll kick it to you. If you draft the same type of guy every year, you got to think at least once one of those guys (laughs) is going to hit, right? Just on the odds of probability. If it's Dalen, if it's Io, if Pat takes a big leap, and Pat's already a pretty solid player. You don't fully want to bump him in. He's a good defensive player, but he's very raw offensively. And all these guys AK drafts are very raw offensively, not really able to contribute at the NBA level right now. How many times has Patrick Williams even scored 15 points in a game? It's like barely happened in like, you know, three years in the NBA. So I don't really like the pick. I hope I'm wrong. Phillips obviously is bursting with upside if someone could teach him an offensive role. And Arturis loves athletic wings who don't know how to play basketball. And I'm not really sure why. And I got to say, I'm really losing faith in Arturis. I need him to have a good offseason. I know that a lot of people have, you know, arrived at that place already. But I'm finally starting to hit, like, hopelessness with him. (laughs) And it's stupid to get there after, you know, a guy who's a second-round pick. I totally understand that. But it's just like he doesn't learn from his mistakes. He never actually adjusts his team building philosophies. And I think he might be a dunce. So <laughs> his, his media availability, his public comments give me no confidence in him. And I'm, I'm starting to lose, starting to lose any faith that I even had left over in our terrorist kind of show. This is a sharp GM. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Julian Phillips is awesome. I hope he's flying all over the court, hammering home alley-oops, hitting spot up threes, wrecking havoc on defense. I hope. But Dalen couldn't get on the court last year. And I think Julian Phillips is just as raw as Dalen is. And I don't really see a pathway for him getting minutes on a team next year that could really use guys to soak up minutes. On the AK front, my guy Chris texted me, who, the Chris that you know, that you met, who threatened you once. 
uh texted me late last night and he's like he asked he requested a shout out on the pod to say that your friend called us from day one about ak being bad uh it seems like you're now there with him so uh there you go chris ricky is here with you that he is uh that ak might be horrible uh the signs have not been good again he AK with whatever they made the moves a couple of years ago that we liked. They were good for half a season, three quarters of a season. And uh, they just haven't done much since um, this will be this off season will be interesting. Uh, the free agency that he says they're going to add shooting. We'll see. Uh, there are some pathways to whatever with some money flexibility. If they are actually able to spend and green light and go into the luxury tax, um, they'll have the mid-level. Uh, we'll see what they do with Lonzo. Again, they t- Lonzo, going to be out for the season they basically said it i was glad that they at least had some transparency about that because after last season was just kind of all weird and then like pawning it off on billy to kind of deflect it they're actually just coming on saying now yeah like yeah he's probably not going to play uh we do not know yet if they're going to apply for a disabled player exception or what they're going to do there we'll see obviously that decision will have to be made pretty soon because that could give them again i think up to like 10 million dollars to play with uh, I know if you use like the if you use the, the full mid level or the tax player or the non taxpayer mid level, I know like the first apron comes in play. Again, that's after that's they'd have to actually go into the luxury tax for that to actually come into play though. But if there is the d- disabled player exception, if they do have the mid level, they have the biannual. There are some avenues to add some shooters to this team and uh, to address these weaknesses. So like AK told said to wait to see what happens in free agency. So. All right, man, let's deliver here. Let's let's make some moves. They're not going to does not seem like a Zach trade is going to happen or any of these big trades. Seems like they'll bring back Vooch. Who knows? Maybe they do sh- shock us. But uh, it was funny last night. The report comes out of New York that Zach, Zach Levine's camp does not want to go to New York because of the CAA like clutch rivalry. So that was kind of kind of a funny leak. Um, but yeah, you, you, you see, we're, a lot of people are losing faith. A lot of people are there already that he's bad. Um, the the results certainly have not been great. Uh, the comment about the Vooch trade, like and it, like, oh, I think it's worked out pretty well for us. I mean, just completely awful tone deaf stuff. Like, I know he's not going to come out and say that it was a bad trade, especially when you're, whatever you're in contract with <laughs> negotiations with Vooch. But like, the first comment he made was, you know, like it, it signaled that we were trying to win. Fine, yeah, absolutely. But since then, you've <laughs> you gave up two lottery picks and. <laughs> Uh, you have one playoff win and one play and win. I would not say that has worked out too well for you to this point. So like that was pretty cringeworthy of him to say that, but uh, whatever we'll see. He's got this. It's a big off season here. We'll see if they actually do go into the tax. I will say that they could go into the tax now. And then that was interesting how he said, Oh, like we've given whatever I've gotten the green light to do it. If we're like a top four to six team, uh, that kind of reads to me like, Maybe they will actually go into the tax this offseason. Like they could maybe use some of the salary they and they'll be in the tax when the season begins. That does not mean they'll be in the tax when the season ends. Because again, you don't you don't actually have to pay it until unless you're into the tax when the ne- when that season ends. So like they could go into the tax now. And if the season's going to shit, maybe they trade out of it. Which again, which I mean, if that if the season goes to shit, I think we would expect some big moves to happen and that would be great. But uh like I, I wonder what, like where they would have to be if they actually do go into the tax for them to be like, all right, we're gonna like keep rolling with this team. Maybe we'll even add even more to it. Uh, kind of vague. Obviously, the Bulls just never, almost never paid the luxury tax. So, uh, right now we have to take him for his word that he has a screen light. His word has not meant meant much so far. So we will again in the next week or two we will see what avenues and what the resources that they do have. If they are planning on just keeping this main core together, 
how they plan on supplementing it. Um, especially after this draft pick with another raw player who doesn't seem like he'll contribute. Uh, and you mentioned like the, the Dalen thing as well. Like, I mean, it's hard to see like, is this guy going to play over Dalen? Like, will will Phillips beat him out? Like, I'm curious what happens with Dalen. Is Dalen going to get the opportunity? It's just going to be like, here, you two, like you're going to go at it. And like, maybe one of you is going to play, um, which then obviously if, like Dalen just like can't play that. I mean, that'd be pretty brutal if he's just like a total waste of a first round pick. Um, but Again, just another problem with like having so many of these same guys. There's just like not much, it's not much balance on the roster with what they have right now. But um, you mentioned Sonogo as well as undrafted. Uh, there was also a report out there about this Turkish player. I am not going to try to say his name because I have no idea. Rumors that he might, this Turkish player might get a two way contract. I obviously have no idea anything about him, but just throwing that out there. I don't know. If, have you read the, anything about this guy, Ricky? If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I haven't. Uh, I will say, though, that the Summer League team could be pretty interesting. We're going to have Sunogo. Yeah. And Terry, I'm sure, will play. Is Justin Lewis playing in summer league? Uh, Justin Lewis will be about 10 months removed from ACL surgery. So I don't know. That'd be a pretty quick comeback. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready to go. I would love to see him in summer league. But you're going to have Dalen. You'll have Julian Phillips. You'll have Sunogo. Uh, just another thing that pisses me off about AK. I mean, there's so many things that piss me off, but like, you know, why is Marco on this roster? Why did yeah. we have Tony Bradley and Marco on the roster when the roster has a very clear problem of a lack of shooters around the three stars? Marco team in the NBA. Marco so, is what like the two way contracts are like made for a guy. You want to stash a guy like, I mean, 
it's just so weird that they they've used a guaranteed roster spot on a guy that clearly should have been a two-way contract. He's been spending his entire time in the G League. Why is he on a real contract and not a two-way? That makes no sense. Back to you. I just wanted to interject there. Yeah, you got to turn over those end of roster spots. You have to. And yeah. the way that AK refuses to do that, that he's just burning roster spots on Tony Bradley at the start of the season and Marco, it just makes me think he's lazy. He doesn't work hard. He seems very overconfident in himself. He seems very self-satisfied with what he's accomplished so far as the Bulls, you know, chief executive. And he hasn't accomplished anything. They've won one playoff game. They missed the playoffs two of the three years with him in charge. He has been a brutally bad executive. But judging by all his comments, he seems to think that he's doing a fantastic job, which is pretty galling, I think. So, yeah, let's see what Dalen can do. Let's see what Julian Phillips can do. I hope Justin Lewis plays, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to, given that he'll only be about 10 months removed from ACL surgery. Uh, And, yeah, like, is the... Is the summer league team even going to have any floor spacing? Like already you're facing a spacing crunch with Dalen and with Julian Phillips on the team together. So that'll be interesting. I guess Sonogo will space the floor uh, is someone who's made a recent shooting jump. But then also just like the Vooch trade comment, like, fuck <laughs> you. Okay. You think that you think the Vooch trade worked out? How can you say that with a straight face? The Vooch trade was terrible. And I like Vooch. Vooch is a good player. Okay. And we'll, you know, if he comes back on a reasonable team-friendly deal, I'm happy with that. Uh, but Vooch is not a true difference maker. And you gave up right. two lottery picks. Wendell Carter Jr. took on a bad salary, which is the reason you had to give up a 2025 first-round pick for DeRozan, who was a free agent, because the Spurs wanted a first-round pick for taking on Al Farouk Aminu's salary. That was not a good trade. That was a fucking terrible trade. No matter how you slice it up, the results were horrible. So you could say at the time, maybe you thought it was a good trade. Just like at the time, it seemed like Lonzo was a good signing. Well, guess what? Lonzo played, what, 30 games on a four-year, $80 million contract? He's not going to play again next year. He's going to miss two and a half seasons. He will probably never play again. That was a horrible move. Trading Lowry Markinen, who ended up being a 25-year-old all-star in the NBA, for Derek Jones Jr. in a first-round pick, a lottery-protected first-round pick that is probably never going to convey because the Portland Trailblazers are in full rebuild mode. That was a horrible trade, too. So to look at the Vooch deal years later and say this was a good trade, I think, AK, you're either smug or stupid. (laughs) And that's why I'm starting to lose faith in him fully. Like, obviously, there's been evidence that this guy is a brutally bad GM. He's lost every deal he's ever made besides for Caruso. Caruso was his one truly brilliant move to sign him. And I think getting Vooch could have been a good move if they would have given up a little less, if they didn't have to take on the bad contract, if they maybe only gave up one lottery pick in Carter. Vooch isn't a bad player, and the fact that Vooch played 82 games last year was huge for him. You hope he can stay that durable, you know, if the Bulls sign him again. I do not want the Bulls to sign Vooch to a three-year deal. There was a report that Vooch is going to give the Bulls a, quote, hometown discount. That came from Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times. I wonder what a hometown discount is. Is If it's three right. for 60, that's not a good enough discount. If that counts as a hometown discount for Vooch. If it's Three for 45, I guess I could be talked into it. But really, I want that last year non-guaranteed if it's a three-year deal. I really want a two-year deal on Vooch. 
Because yeah. I think they need some outs to try to continue to build the team to give the roster more upside. But, you know, the more I think about it, Jason, after the Phillips pick, it's like, fuck, dude, we're sitting here and we're saying, most fans are saying, well, the team's not good enough because DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch aren't good enough. Meanwhile, DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch all had really good years last year. They were all super durable. All three of those guys were in the top 11 of the NBA in minutes played. Unbelievable. Vooch played all 82 games. Zach played 77, was third in the NBA in total minutes. DeRozan was 11th in the NBA in total minutes. He was also very durable. Those guys have more or less done their job, even though they all have flaws. The issue is that AK does not know how to build a complementary roster around them. And that is because he has very inflexible team building philosophies. Like, let's get a bunch of super offensively <laughs> raw athletes who can't fucking shoot, can't pass, can't do anything. And honestly, I think Derek Jones is a really good player. He was kind of su- he was very effective when he was in his role. He was overmatched, you know, because they were asking yeah. a guard to play center. Uh, but he was a damn good player. And now like, okay, so he's probably going to be out, but you just need a different type of guy. You can't just get run and jump athletes who can't shoot. And what I worry about is that AK is going to sign one shooter. Like he tried to with Gallinari last year and call it a day. Dude, you need shooting at four positions in every lineup. You have two non-shooters on the floor. You're facing a major spacing crunch, right? A lot of these lineups are five out. They put five shooters on the floor. So I just think Karnaschovas, he just seems like he doesn't work hard. He's overconfident. And I don't know why he's so self-satisfied. Why is he patting himself on the back for finishing the season 14 and 19 with Patrick Beverly during a time of this calendar? 14 and 9. No one else in the league is <laughs> Give trying. Him a break. 14 and 9. I'm sorry. 14 and 9. Okay, not that good of a record considering no one else in the league was trying. Also, yeah. by the way, are you going to go in the luxury tax to resign Patrick Beverly? Is that like your big move? I mean, Patrick Beverly is talking like that, it. Do you he's... realize that continuity is not going to be enough to get this team going? And I'm not sitting here saying it's championship or bust because the Bulls aren't going right. to win a championship. There's yeah. no way. It's not realistic. But at least make good moves to start building a better roster for the future. At least give yourself some upside. And instead, I feel like he just makes the same mistake over and over again. So... Arturis, you're on Bozo watch, bro. Like, I'm just not, I'm not into what he's doing. I think he might be an idiot. And it just sucks because we finally got Garpax fired and they hired this fucking guy. And I want to be wrong. You got, People who have listened to the pod, who have read my work, know that I've really tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. That I haven't been like, I need a full teardown rebuild. I, I haven't been saying that. A lot of people have been in the fan base, understandably. I haven't been. I don't want to be the Washington Wizards. I think there is some value in just like being a pretty cool, good team. 45, 48 wins, like a team that the fan base can be proud of, a team that the city can be proud of. But man, it just feels like he never learns anything about team building. And I can't wait to see what they do this offseason. They need multiple shooters on the roster. And I got to say, I'm losing faith in AK. Yeah, as I've mentioned, Going like the Vooch trade was obviously whatever they gave up a lot, but even the initial plan with Lonzo. How do you say that's a good trade, Jason? How I didn't, How I didn't say good. So immediate say the Vooch trade was a good trade. Right. We're happy we made that trade. Right. Not Are yet. you fucking kidding me? Right now, no. When it happened, and like when they did the Demar, Lonzo, Caruso stuff, I I saw what they were trying to do, get to a good level, and then whatever you take the next step from there. Again, the problem is 
once Lonzo went down there, I mean, there's been no pivot, no creativity, just like no effort to do anything else. And like, it was just of like the belief that even without Lonzo, just like these guys playing together means they're going to get better, which is again, makes it's not like, again, it might, would be different if Booch was like 27, like DeMar was like, they were like, or even like 30, this was like three or four years ago. And if there was like even a little more upside to get, but whatever, the two of your main guys are 34 or whatever. So like continuity is not, you're not going to all of a sudden get better unless one of your young guys takes a huge leap, but you just don't have many young guys who have like star who have really much star equity. Again, they're still like banking on Pat, but he doesn't like seem that kind of guy with what they have in place. So it's like, yeah, there's just been like, no, like they've been so just like rigid and just seems like just no, they just have not adapted at all to the, the Lonzo situation, which, unlucky how bad it's gotten but like Lonzo had the injury problems before like that the red it was a red flag that the, the Pelicans were not willing to keep him like theoretically like him and Zion together like obviously also just injuries waiting to happen there but like a great pairing there when they're on the court just like a, awesome and they I mean they did not want to re-sign him they whatever the sign and trade was absolute garbage so like kind of a red flag there and like Lonzo's had the history so like there were issues with going after him too. Although like, whatever, I'm still fine that they get, that they made that move. It just ultimately turned out terribly, but now again, now, now like, they just, you make those moves in 2021. Then you just don't, you make no trades until now where you buy a second round pick. We'll see what they do. Anything that like you mentioned the Lowry trade. It's still really, it's still kind of hard for me. We've talked about this to like get, be too hard in the Lowry thing, just because Lowry was cooked with the bulls. Like it was clear. He, he wanted to go somewhere else. The trade for Derrick Jones Jr. in the whatever the first rounder it looks really bad now. That that trade might not, that might not have looked as bad if they actually used Derrick Jones Jr.'s nine million dollar salary with some of the other whatever we've talked about how they never they, they let Derrick Jones Jr. his salary expire basically that nine million dollars and Troy Brown Jr. had like a six or seven they could have combined those guys and gotten like a decent player uh, but they didn't do that either. Again, they had some of these guys where they maybe could have made some moves, consolidated some of that salary to get a better player. It just never happened. Probably cheapness, laziness, whatever you want to call it, which again, then helps make the marketing deal look worse. So like Derek Jones Dude. Jr., get bring him in a nine million, then he goes down to three million, and now he might be gone for nothing. And that obviously looks bad. Who knows what's gonna happen with this Blazers pick? If they do trade Dame, they're gonna be rebuilding, and that Bulls won't get that pick for a long time, if ever. Uh so yeah, that looks absolutely Dude. like fucking terrible. Dude. They traded a 25-year-old all-star for Derek Jones in a lottery-protected <laughs> pick that probably won't convey. That is a terrible trade. And yeah. yes, I was I wanted marketing gone. You wanted marketing gone. Our boy Kevin Farrigan wanted marketing gone. Guess what? We were all wrong. Yeah. And it's AK's job to not be wrong on those decisions. That's true. He makes marketing millions. Was to not on be the wrong. team. Marketing was on the team. He saw and- him up close every day. You have to know this guy's talented enough. If we, you know, don't give him Jim Boylan as the head coach, if we put him in a better role to succeed, he could be a pretty good player. And that is an unquestionable, horrible trade. So you can't just say, oh, well, Mark, and we never could have seen that coming. I think that's totally wrong. They traded a 25-year-old all-star for Derek Jones. That's a fucking garbage trade. And it's just another huge strike against AK. Like you said, the Pelicans totally giving away Lonzo. Okay, Lonzo was phenomenal. He was everything the Bulls needed. Absolutely. Well, there's a reason they only had to trade Thomas Sadoransky and Garrett Temple to get like a second round pick. Yeah, who are like Sadoransky immediately became like the worst player in the NBA. Now he's out of the league. And I think Garrett Temple might be done, too. So like, so yeah, I like AK, dude, you've done nothing well besides for sign Caruso. And even DeRozan, DeRozan's 
returned great value, but you gave up a pick to get him, which you really shouldn't have done. You didn't need to do it. San they used Aminu, was- right? They they gave they trade Aminu in that because it was like Thad Aminu yeah, and like that exactly. first round yeah, pick. Antonio yeah. demanded a first round pick. So now here's San Antonio sitting here with Wemby, the Bulls 2025 first rounder, three Hawks picks from DeJounte Murray. The Spurs are set up. Yeah. Karnashovas is a dunce. I'm uh, I'm very out on him, and I don't want to be. I want to not hate the Bulls. Yeah. And we I said- actually love the team. But yeah, it's just said this before. because it's like people, it's very similar to Jimmy in the three alpha era. It's like some people looked at Jimmy and been like, well, the team's not good enough because Jimmy's not good enough. And I'm starting to feel that way about our veteran stars here today. Because Zach is a hell of a player. You know, he might not be valued around the league uh, the way we wish he was if they were going to trade him. <laughs> Same with DeMar. Who knows what DeMar's trade value is? I don't see a market for Vooch. Free agent wise, hopefully the Bulls don't bid against themselves on Vooch. But those guys all have had good years and are awesome players for the most part. They're not incredible players, but they're good. Probably all top one hundred NBA players, right? Yeah, uh, top fifty probably for Zach and Demar. Maybe, maybe Zach's top twenty five. But it's just like, dude, you gotta. P- the pieces need to fit, and you can't just take the fewest threes in the NBA two years in a row. And then draft another non-shooter when you trade up to 35, which is a real pick. If you took him at 58, it would have been different. But at 35, I think that's a real pick. So, uh, Jace, I just want, I don't even need them to win a championship. I don't need them to like, you know, it's just going to be too hard for them to compete when you got Lonzo making 20 million on the cap sheet. So I can have a lot of sympathy for that. But it's like, dude, you got to change your process a little bit. You got to learn from your mistakes. You got to target a different type of guy sometimes. And I hope Julian Phillips rocks and makes me look like an idiot. <laughs> uh, and I hope Dalen rocks. And then we have two long armed athletic terrors on the wing. That could be cool. Maybe Julian Phillips really does have good shooting potential. Yeah, I mean, if the Bulls are rebuilding, like <laughs> you, you can certainly talk yourself way more to these guys. Young, raw guys are going to rebuild and suck for a year or two. And. We'll see how they turn out. Like, sure. It is just like the weird, the weird, it's like philosophy or whatever. They're trying to win, but they keep drafting these guys who like just really can't contribute right now. It's just very strange. Like they're trying to like almost thread a needle, I guess. Like what what are we like two timeline shit? But of course the first timeline isn't actually good. So it's like, what are we doing here? Uh, So yeah, it's just kind of weird. Looking ahead here to wrap up here. Obviously free agency starts a week from today, 30th. Um, and in terms of moves, we kind of talked about whatever, like mid-level. We'll see what they do with Lonzo's contract. Trades, we, t- we mentioned last time, we want to make some trades. So, okay, so they make this draft trade. Let's look here at the Washington Wizards who have, who just traded Chris Paul now as part of the Beal deal. He's going to the Warriors, which absolutely fucking bonkers out of nowhere. Chris Paul going to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. Wild shit uh, before the draft last night. But the Wizards still have what? They just got Tyus Jones. I'm assuming they're, they're going to keep him as like a, him and Poole going to be their starting backcourt, but they still have what? Dion Wright. And they also have uh, Monty Morris, I believe. Go get one of those guys uh, to be. You you need a help at point guard. And like those guys aren't going to be super expensive. I don't know what a trade would actually look like. But like, and like, I mean, the Magic, don't the Magic have a million guards now? Like, I know like some of these guys can't really shoot either. But like, if you're going to look for a point guard, and so ideally, obviously, you're getting a point guard who can shoot. But like, there are definitely some point, like cheaper point guard options available out there. I know that they're, even they need an upgrade there. Go make a trade for a point guard or whatever, sign and trade, whoever. 
Um, like I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if they do anything big, like Fred Van Vliet. Like I don't. I'd be surprised if something like that happened. But whatever. There's little. There's always little moves you can make. All these teams make all these trades all the fucking time. Just the Bulls haven't in the last couple of years. Go make a trade. Add some shooting. Use your exceptions that you got. Uh, use what flexibility you have. Use the spending power that you should have as a big market. Go into the luxury tax. If you're going to actually try to compete, that's the path you're going to do. Spend your way to make the team as good as possible. Obviously, we don't want to do the, have them do anything super stupid with like draft picks and co- totally fuck that up. But like again, there are some ways that can they can improve the team here. Uh, if you're going to bring these guys, all these this, these main guys back, use them. Make some trades. Find some guys at the end of your bench. Cycle the roster out a little bit. And just try to do make the team as best you can. And again, Patrick, you mentioned Patrick Beverly. He's yapping on Twitter about how good the Bulls were after the deadline, after they got him. Like, which again, that part of the season doesn't mean shit. Usually, Te- teams are just trying to get to the end of the season. Uh, just kind of mill. I mean, we saw the, the Nuggets go through a huge lull. The Bull, the Bulls beat the Nuggets ass at that point uh, during one of those parts of the season in Denver. Uh, because whatever, sometimes those teams just go through lulls. They just don't give a shit in the middle of the season. Like. And I think the Bulls probably took advantage of that. Like the Bulls were trying to get into the playoffs uh, and they were trying and whatever, they had a nice little run. But again, the 14 and nine doesn't mean anything like that. The Bulls should not be using that as some like big barometer of this team. But uh, Patrick Beverly certainly is. Sounds like AK certainly is. So we'll see if if Beverly is back. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to be that expensive. And if he did come back, like whatever veteran presence uh, as a nuisance for other teams, again, the shooting is not great, but we will see. Ricky, you have any final thoughts here heading into we'll have we'll have it. We'll do another p- pod next week before free agency actually opens. But any final thoughts here coming I'm off too the draft up about a second round pick? Who cares, dude? It's a second round pick. But number yeah. 35, you know, it should be a decent pick. Hope, and, you know, Julius maybe it will Russell, be. He, he does have upside. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's a sick athlete. He looks like an NBA player with a six, seven, six, eight build. Needs to get stronger. Needs to rediscover his shooting stroke. Maybe the shooting coach will pay big dividends and Patrick Williams can just quicken the release a little bit to help him improve the volume. Maybe IO. I think if I think IO could be a good player if he could remember to shoot again. Uh, And hopefully Julian Phillips can shoot. Hopefully Dalen Terry can contribute. I'm still going to be excited for summer league. I think Sonogo is going to be a monster in summer league. I think Sonogo is immediately a better prospect than Marco. I feel confident about that. Sonogo's like, He's he's more useful than Marco, but Marco's got to be off the team. And uh, prove me wrong. Is Marco going to be on the summer league team again? <laughs> just like, dude, every Bulls offseason is so bad. So can we just have one good offseason? I don't even need like an amazing offseason. I just need one that I feel good about. As I mean, a fan. we were we felt good about 2021. Getting tomorrow was cool. Getting Lonzo was oh, cool. Yeah. Getting Caruso was cool. Of course. We but, felt I mean, great about that. Dude, historically, yes. the Bulls have bad offseasons. That's yeah. what they so let's have another good one. 21 was a fun one. And let's just have another offseason where we're like, hell yeah, we improved the team. We addressed the weaknesses. Just make some moves. That's be a little bit better. Make some moves that like make you feel good. This is the last few years. Again, the transaction periods have been so dead and dull and nothing was your continuity shit. Like last offseason was Andre Drummond and Goran Dragon. Like just two, again, no upside veterans, like basically nothing there. And Whatever and Dale Ontario was the 18th pick again, a raw raw guy and uh, whatever. No, nothing. Basically, nothing at the trade deadlines at all. And so it's like, just give me some moves, cycle some of these guys out, make some trades. 
again, if you're going to run it back, not the worst thing in the world because the Bulls are in a weird spot. So uh, we will see. Again, we will probably have enough. We will have definitely have one more podcast here coming up next week before free agency starts again. Free agency starts next Friday. I believe it's at 5 p.m. Central time. Um, so we'll see if the Bulls make any moves right away. Um, but I don't know. Again, we got a week until then. We'll talk again next week sometime before that to kind of preview that. Uh, we've obviously talked about some targets already, but we'll go over it again, especially if there's been some big moves. We'll see if there's anything else, like bombshell that happens. We'll see what Damian Lillard does. Uh, because that could obviously kind of shake things up. We'll see if there's any other rumors with any of the Bulls' big players. Again, we don't really expect them to make any anything any big moves like that right now, but uh, we will see. So that's going to do it first here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network with the draft happening last night, with free agency coming up, tons of great NBA content all across the Blue Wire Network, and tons of great sports content all across the network as well, besides just the NBA. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us give us those five star ratings we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, wherever get your podcast please uh give us that feedback give us those r- good ratings for on twitter you can follow me at bulls underscore j you can follow ricky at sb underscore ricky ricky tons of great nba draft content over at espionation.com as you mentioned he graded the first round he's got a 2024 uh mock draft out there tons of other great stuff from ricky on espionation.com and also we'll pe- Please check out clutchpoints.com for a bunch of great uh, NBA draft content and free agency content and all the good stuff over there as well. So that's going to be it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. And now we're happy free agency. Let's go. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls.